This is Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Yeah. A podcast. Red Pub Pod. From Red Hot Publications. Excellent work, gentlemen. Professionals. They're professionals. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to it, welcome to yet another edition of Red Pub Pod. Podcast for Red Hawk Publications, based in Hickory, North Carolina, part of the Catawba Valley Community College. Today, I'd like to introduce our newest guest. Um, he is a, a well-known performing artist, author, and all-around good guy that we're blessed to have in our lives, um, Fieli Matias. Um, just a little bit of background on Fieli. He does have an extensive performing artist, as well as visual and graphic artist background, and his initial work with us was helping another artist and uh, author with her children's book, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but first, let's go ahead and speak to our host today, Robert Knight, publisher extraordinaire. I'm sorry I kind of zoned out there for a minute. I was watching the, the flashing light on the clock over there. It's kind of hypnotized me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red Pub Pod. And we are also joined today by our illustrious producer, Richard Eller. He's not talking, but believe me, he's giving you all a high five. Um, Now, Mr. Fieli, who is coming from us remote from lovely Salem, Oregon, say hi to our audience. Hey, I am so happy to be part of the Red Hawk Publications family, and I'm excited to be on your podcast, and I'm excited to be around the illustrious Richard. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for having uh, us on the podcast we're excited to talk about uh, the book and working with y'all thank you and and I should mention that Fieli is with his partner Dennis Giacchino who has been an important significant part of not only his life but as a writing collaborator so we will talk more with Dennis shortly but initially um Tell us a little bit about your journey with publishing, Fieli, because you you had a unique start, and I want you, I want to hear your words of it because I got my <laughs> version. Let's hear yours. <laughs> well, it's always been a dream to publish a children's book ever for like twenty five years. Twenty five years ago, I, I I I'm a dreamer, so I always just try, uh, even though people or circumstances or society says, hey, it's not possible. I think as an artist and as a creative, you you just try. So 25 years ago, I I had no experience or anything. And I drew like, I was like, oh, I'm going to dr- write this book. So I just drew page, I just drew on a bunch of pages and I bought the publisher's market book and I sent it out. Of course, it all got rejected 25 years ago. But I was like, oh, you know. But then 25 years later, for some reason, um, you contacted me through social media because of the artwork and graphics that I was posting on social media. And you said, hey, I'm in a publishing company and I have an author that may need artistic services in terms of graphics. And I was like, sure, why not? I I will always try anything. And it turns out to be a great collaboration, Miss Tuddy uh, Spatz. Uh, And so that happened. But. I'm a self-taught artist, so I've always wanted to just draw. Um, Many, 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 many years ago, uh, an art teacher of mine, I was drawing just stick figures, and she said, that's not art. And that always stuck with me, uh, that I 
that I wasn't like this teacher told me what's so weird is his national teacher's day. So there's one teacher that said, Hey, that's not how you do art. And I, that always stuck me. And that, that always made me feel like I should be able to do any kind of art that I wanted. Of course, I've had teachers that were very encouraging as well. But um, years ago, I just started drawing just because I wanted to do it. And then I just started putting my artwork out there and I started to win some contests. And then, so, and I was like, oh, maybe there's something there. So on the side, while I was performing and directing, I just started drawing graphics and posted on social media. And that's when you contacted me. And um, after we did our first book, you said, do you want to write another book? And then, so one day I was just thinking and then these images started to come in my head about a cat that sang, a green cat. I don't know why these images come to my head, but it also started speaking to me as an artist and as a person uh, of color and as a, per- as, a, as, a, as a gay person and everything uh, about growing up and feeling different. So, and, then, and I wanted to put that in a book on how it is to be different and yet still feel uh, that you're a part of something. Uh, so that's why the book came about. <laughs> and, and if you don't mind, I'll, I'll elaborate just a little bit more about how I found you and how you ended mm-hmm. up with local author Teddy Noble, who wrote yep. her initial children's book called Mrs. Spatz, uh, Miss Teddy Spatz, Spatz and Little Wren. Mm-hmm. Little Wren, yeah. Available at redhawkpublications.com. Yes, redhawkpublications.com. You're taking my job. <laughs> I do like the way Robert says it, so I shouldn't have done that. Um, but that said, um, I did find you on the Internet. And, and I think this is really good information for illustrators to know, for writers to know. When you have a social media presence, it counts. I've been following Fieli for many years. I've known him as an artist I think I met him back in 2002, 2003. It was the Orlando Fringe. You were doing The Naked Guy. We won't go into detail, but you can always Google it. Um, (laughs) Intrigued from day one. You got me at the name of the show. But the fact is, you are a known entertainer, and I've always followed you. And, you know, as serendipity happens, I moved to Hickory, North Carolina. I'm following you all these years, and I know that there's an author with a children's book with no illustrations. And that's how I thought of you, Fiali. So that's really one of those just unusual things kismet. that just happened. It's kismet. Well, that's that's what I was going to say a moment ago when Fiali was talking about he, he liked to make things and create things that weren't there. And especially when somebody tells you that's not art hmm. or you can't do that, you just describe everybody who works at this program of Red Hawk Publications. Yeah. <laughs> We're all the exact same way. So it's like uh, like people being drawn together is really what it is because we're the same way. This program will never work. Well, we're five years in. Uh, <laughs> that's not that's not art. Well, look, I just sold you know a thousand copies of it. So uh, yeah, that's one of the yeah. reasons why you're with us is <laughs> because we think the same. Yeah. Yeah, no is my favorite word. Like, tell me no and I will do it. <laughs> no. I guess we really are attracting like. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the theme right there. When the, when the teacher says the stick figure is not art, there's not a, yeah. there's not a one of us in this, in this program who yeah, hasn't that's... had somebody tell us, you can't do that or we don't do it that way. And we yeah, go ahead no. and prove them wrong. So. No, it's one of our favorite type of titles. Artists are nimble and tenacious. So yeah. <laughs> you find the side doors, back doors, underground. You will find the door to come in. Yeah. So. I think you have to be your biggest cheerleader, too. You can't wait for 
a group of people to support you, you have to say, I'm great <laughs> yourself. You have to be your own best uh, cheer, you know, fan. And publicist. Think, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, you have to pay attention to the, the people that you please. Um, yeah. Lots of times we look at the people that we don't please and we get all upset because we're not making them happy or they're not noticing us when there are tons of people who we are making happy. And we just need yeah. to acknowledge that, you know, those people are, that's enough. You got to take into consideration that, you know, there's a certain bunch of people that you can't please them no matter what you do. So, yeah, yeah. And the people, and Dennis and I, Dennis is nodding his head here as well, because we've had that experience as artists who create original work, especially original work, is that people go, no, that's not going to work. What are you doing? That's not how we do it. And we've, Dennis and I have always looked at each other and go, well, that's how we do it. So that's what we're going to do. That's right. That's right. Stand by your guns on that one. That's the artistic yeah. way. Um, yeah. th- the fact that this book was about anti-bullying. Um, yeah. Rebe do da da. Yeah, it's a mouthful, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, worth every syllable, you need to make sure you look it up on our website, which is redhawkpublications.com. <laughs> yes, and all you have to do is just put in, look on the new uh, releases or put in R E E B E E or even put in the word Fieli in the search bar yep. and you will find it. And right now it's 15 bucks postage paid. Wow. Yay. What a deal. What a deal. So, and again, with such a strong theme for anti-bullying, if you don't mind, I'd like to hear some backstory on that. You, you alluded to it earlier, but yeah, I know I heard your backstory, like going from the Philippines to California. And tell us a little bit more about maybe some bullying that you might have gone through. Well, I think uh, for... I, I named it Ribi de Du Dada only because it's kind of a hard, fr- I mean, people go, how do you say it? And it relates to my name, Fieli, because uh, when I was a kid, nobody could pronounce my name correctly, and they would make fun of it, you know, especially coming from the Philippines when I was six years old, they'd be like, they'd just make fun of it because it was such a different name, and I never saw it like in, you know, those souvenir stores where you can get your name on the license plate? Yes. <laughs> I never saw my name. Yes. So I named it that because it was kind of she's a the main character in the book is a jazz singer who kind of like, you know, loves to make up words. And I named it kind of hard because I wanted people to experience what I experienced when um, people couldn't pronounce my name. And so I wanted people to I mean, even now I get emotional. It's weird uh, that um, people can't pronounce your name, which is so important. Um, so that's my name to believe. Sorry, I got no, <laughs> emotional no. about that. It's so weird. No, I, I think uh, I, I read think... I read somewhere there's an African American woman with a challenging name and she said everyone can pronounce um, Daenerys Targaryen or whatever the woman's Targaryen, name. Targaryen, yeah. Targaryen. Oh, yeah from the, they from can the pronounce that name, but you yeah. can't pronounce Fiali? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's interesting <laughs> what we will um, choose to take the time to pronounce yeah. and care about Fiali. Yeah. And there have been a lot of teachers who, who I grew up with who said, hey, tell me how to pronounce your name. Mm. You know, so uh, I'm sorry I got emotional. Yeah. I, mean, no, I get <laughs> no. so emotional about that. I think that's where the book came from is that when you're a kid, you just want to be accepted. 
you know, especially when you're in a culture that's so different. Um, so I think that's why I wrote the, I, I wrote the book. Maybe Dennis, you can try me like <laughs> Well, you know why I'm crying. I, I like the fact that one of the first things I did, Dennis is with us, and the first thing I did was I wanted to know how to pronounce his last name. You know, to yeah, me, yeah, I yeah, want yeah, to take yeah. the time to make sure that even when I massacred, at least I did know for a brief shining moment how to pronounce Gia, yeah, yeah, Giacchino. Yeah. Giacchino, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what that's <laughs> that's kind of the background of the name of the book. And in terms of the book, it also deals with a cat who sings, who's being an artist. And I think when you're an artist in social media and you're very public and you share your things, you open yourself up to a lot of criticism. And there's a lot of trolling going on. And with kids today, social media is such a big part of our world and, and kids growing up today that I wanted to address. There's a lot of creativity on the Internet and people want to share their lives or art and everything. But there's so many other people who just want to hate. And just it's so easy to just write something rude or something. And so I wanted kids today to read the book and say it's OK to be an artist, to sh- be who you are, to be whoever you want to be, and to not take that kind of criticism and let it define you, which is what happens in the book, and that she's, Zazie's having a, a, you know, singing, and somebody just, and this, the, the, the villain, Rex, the character, like, yells out and starts saying, you're not good enough, and, you know, words are powerful, you know, words are very powerful, so I wanted, especially with social media today, and, you know, how it is used as a, as a hate device, you know, to to not let that words affect you and define you. So oh. that's kind of like really the the theme of yeah. the book. And and even even just now, you're portraying to us the fact that you still get emotional about people not pronouncing your name correctly or not even bothering to find out that it chokes you up to this day. So that goes to show you that people carry these things with them all their lives. I mean, I remember, I'm 60 years old, and I remember bullying from when I was eight. And I could think about it hard enough and get verklempt over it. Um, So bullying is a big deal. Or, you know, minoring somebody, you know, making them unimportant because they're not, you know, the color that you'd like them to be or they can't do the thing you'd like them to be or they're different from you in some reason, some way. We carry these things with us, and uh, your book shows that, you know, when, when, when Zazie, the, the green cat, you know, she literally changes color when she is depressed and upset at her voice being taken away from her. And that, to me, perfectly personifies this thing of we, we have these traumas we carry with us, and they visit us whenever we think too hard about them. And you just, you just showed it. I like the fact that you have two champions, um, Delilah and Hope. Mm-hmm. They're the two yeah. characters that, and, and this is where the teaching moment comes from, uh, from the book. You're teaching other young children how to be a Hope, how to be a Delilah, how to help someone that they see being bullied. And my triggering moment for the book was I did have a dear childhood friend who was bullied, and I didn't stand up. I was not a Hope. I was not a Delilah. I have guilt to this day about that. Mm. And the reason I didn't – I was scared to be her champion because I figured I'd put the spotlight on me. But I was a child. Mm. You know, it is what it is. But that said, 
that's why this book means a lot to me because I want there to be more hopes and Delilah's out there to help anybody who's been bullied, you know. And that's one of the things about a podcast is you can't see this book. You can't see these wonderful Delilah and Hope, the gophers and loafers. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such wonderful little characters. (laughs) Dennis helped me with that, those characters too. And I think, uh, I think what you both have said, I can relate to as well, because I think we've all been part, you know, we've all been bullied and we've also been the bully sometimes. uh, If we're all very honest with ourselves as human beings, we all have both sides so hopefully we we can, you know, be a champion uh, and stand up. Every now and then we can't. You you don't don't you don't make the best choice. But that's just us being human. Um, I think a lot of in the book too. I've created color themes. I have a very yoga background, so a lot of the images that I've created have very meditational color themes. Um, I changed the color. I, I believe in chakras, <laughs> but I don't say that in the book. But I, you can see in the book that it has a very yogic uh, Eastern feel to it because I do feel our chakras and our lights change when we are depressed or when we are happy. And I think you can feel that when you meet people. Is like you can meet a very bright person or you can meet a very dark person. So that's why I wanted those color themes to be in the book, and hopefully it will it will be a subtext to when people read it. Sure, sure. No, there's always many depths to anything that's written, so you're right. You're you're capturing lots of different audiences. And again, not just children, because it touched us deeply. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about your writing process, um, what happened from your beginning inception of the book and how it might have changed a little bit along the way. (laughs) Because because it did. Uh. It, in terms of the writing process, what is so helpful is to have a sounding board, which is Dennis, my partner, as well as creative personal and partner, is that we would take these drives and I, we would just be like, we, we do a lot of nature walks. And for us, our process is to get out and to drive or to take nature walks. And we just say, what about this? What about this? What about this? And, uh, Dennis was the one in the car and I was driving. I was like, well, I have one gopher in love. He says, what about twins? You know, so I think it's important for people to realize to find a sounding board if you don't have one that that you can say anything to and uh, and and get that feedback that's honest and yet kind of firm. Uh, the writing process for me has been like I've. I've kind of just it just kind of enters my head the story and then I draw and when I draw the pictures then the pictures kind of tell me the story as well too so that's been my process specifically um I've also been able to talk to you guys about the process I have like for this book I had like five people that were my sounding boards it was you guys it was Dennis my friend Stephanie and my friend Lauren who I trusted and you know um and then Generally, that's how it came about. And with your encouragement, you were like, yeah, just do it. Just keep doing it. And it, it's helpful to for an artist to hear play. Do what you want to do. Don't give any limitations yet. Get it all out. And then once it's out, then you can start to edit. Right. So, And, yeah. and people should also know that this art is not something that's, you know, graphite on paper or oil on canvas. You do your art strictly through the medium on on the computer, right? So yeah, it's all digital. I actually 
feel more comfortable. I mean, every artist has its his his or her medium, and I feel more comfortable uh, using digital art because I love the idea of like if I draw a circle. I can just delete it and start over. <laughs> Though I have huge respect for people who paint, who draw, um, I just don't have the patience <laughs> to start over. And you know, so for me, the digital medium has been uh, my medium to that I feel most uh, close to and and easy to do. Yeah. If you guys don't mind, at this point, I definitely want to bring Dennis in. We'd, yeah. ta- we'd like to talk a little bit about your partnership with what you've done uh, theatrically so that we can mm. talk about the direction that's going to happen with Rebe. Yeah, exciting. Here's Dennis. Okay. Um, Hi, everybody. Hey. Dennis, tell us a little bit about um, what the two of you came up with that ended up off-Broadway. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, um, you know, I'm going to go back to what Fieli said earlier about, you know, try it, try it. And I, I've never been one of those guys. I've always been the guy sort of um, very much, you know, in the foreground and, and wanting to be the center of attention, but not really having a self-confidence to be that way. So Fieli, we were in New Jersey at the time, and um, Fieli had mentioned a, a contest, a playwriting contest, and said, uh, I was working on a show called Disenchanted about princesses who didn't like the way that they were portrayed in today's pop culture as helpless damsels in distress. And so with that, Fieli said, enter, enter that musical into this playwriting contest. And I said, but it's a playwriting contest, not a musical writing contest. And he said, oh, enter it anyway. You don't so get what? anything unless you try. So <laughs> yeah. what? So I entered it and we won. And <laughs> it's the first musical they they One, awarded. Yeah. yeah one and now what they've award. done is they've actually split off into two contests, a playwriting and now a musical writing contest there as well. And that's how Disenchanted started. So it started with Fieli sort of giving me a little nudge and saying, get it out there. Who, who cares if it's right for the contest? Just enter. And so I, I agree with what he said about uh, and I've learned that he's he's taught me to, you know, just just try anything. You know, and 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 see if it works, and and so we we work together. Uh, I usually sit down with a musical and um, uh, start to channel characters. It sounds weird, but um, I've been called the Princess Whisperer in, in the past. Characters talk to him. <laughs> characters sort of just whisper in my ear and go, "Tell my yeah. story. Tell my story." He used to come home and say, "Hey, guess what? The Little Mermaid said to me." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Right. And so the way we work together is um, in the case of Fieli's book, he'll come up with, you know, 95 percent of it. And then I'll just sort of chime in and vice versa on the musicals. I come up with 95 percent of it, the book, the music, the lyrics. And then I bring it to Fieli and uh, say, what do you think? And you have to find somebody who loves you enough to tell you the truth nicely. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we do for each other. We we serve as each other's um, bouncing boards. I had a screen, one last thing, I had a screenwriting teacher a while ago. Uh, She wrote uh, the original um, blob. The blob. Back in, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was my screwing teacher. So that explains a lot. Wow. Why a lot of sci-fi weird stuff <laughs> Crazy, comes out of yeah. this. And um, she said to me, That's she cool. wrote that with her. 
right? Yeah, yeah that's right. cool. Robert that is loves, really cool. Oh my, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so um, yeah, Kate, uh, better known as, as Kay in the business, and she was my screenwriting teacher, and she wrote that movie with her husband, and she said, I did most of it, but you always got to have you got to have a bouncing board. And I learned that and brought that to our partnership, and and um, that's how we work together. Wow. If we don't agree, it doesn't go in the book or yeah. it doesn't go on the stage. We, also, we both have to agree. We also have such different aesthetics as artists. I'm more kind of air, flight, abstract, and Dennis is very grounded down to earth. Mm-hmm. So if we can find a joke or a piece that works that we both like, then we know we're attracting both audiences. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so. outstanding. That sounds yeah. great. Um, now, that said, you had a successful off-Broadway run. It's been um, internationally. You, you have the license for it. So yes. It's, yeah. it's, yes. It's all over the place. And the reason I'm sharing this is because it's actually been performed here at our local theater. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. Disenchanted was performed by the Hickory Community Theater. I want to say mm-hmm. it was it was during COVID. So yeah. I want to say it was fall of 2020 when mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. produced here, but we did it virtually so that they had all the princesses on a Zoom-style meeting format. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It worked. It worked. Not quite as good as what we could have done on stage, but... Yeah, it's a very live, very live yeah. audience interactive audience show. Interactive show yeah. Right. So, yeah. Mm. But that said, um, we have hopes for maybe you guys coming back uh, to Hickory, but in person. Um, tell us a little bit what your thoughts are for, for doing um, Rebe Didi Duda and bringing yeah. Zazzy here. Well, you have brought up a festival that we might be perfect for called The Art of Compassion which uh, the themes of the book would be perfect for. And then we, it like Kismet again, Dennis and I were like, why don't we turn this book into a TYA musical or a musical for kids to do at school? So we started working on that. And when I had mentioned that to you, you were like, why don't you bring it down to Hickory? So we have an Art of Compassion, which is happening next September, I think. Correct. Correct. So we are working on the musical now, the music and the book. Uh, the actual show will be about 45 to an hour a minute, 45 to an hour, and it will expand on the themes of the book with music as well as new script mm-hmm. and everything. And we're excited to premiere it at the Art of Compassion in terms of a reading. And, you know, you had asked about Disenchanted. This reminds us of that in in the way, um, you know, we we often write about, you know, we write with comedy, but we often write about having themes underneath that comedy. Yeah. We, we, we're f- firm believers in a spoonful of sugar is a great way to learn, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to hitting you over the head with a hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're taking the same approach with with this show. You know, Disenchanted had its own sort of uh, messages and and themes underneath it, and and so does uh, this book. While we pay homage to the book itself. Uh, we'll jump off from there and, and do something really kind of fun uh, with messages underneath. We did this with uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's The Child's Garden of Verses years ago, mm-hmm. where we took those poems and turned them into musical numbers and put it up on a stage. And we're excited to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for letting us have the uh, opportunity to to premiere it there. Yeah. Well, the reading. So we're excited to work with the local community in terms of the actors and the designers and uh, the theaters there because 
will hopefully be bringing something new and something exciting and they can work with uh, us and our aesthetic and hopefully everybody will have a good time and <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> learn something new. We're kind of excited because if, if I'm not mistaken, it, it would be premiering stage reading at the Hickory Community Theater, but we would also have you perform it at the Green Room Theater in Newton as part mm-hmm. of their Catawba Valley Festival of the Arts, which is also happening yeah. under the auspices of the um, Art of Compassion. So we're sharing you with both of our community theaters. Oh, and that's awesome. We couldn't be happier. So we're crossed. so excited because it's what the most exciting thing is like, you know, like when we don't have children, but we have artistic babies. <laughs> and when you're when your baby is born, it's so exciting because it's so full of potential. It's so full of beauty and such such inspiration. So in, in a creative process, this is the most exciting part in terms of being on the ground level of seeing what it is, what it will be, what the potential is. So hopefully people will join us on this journey of discovery of what this piece will be and what it will become. Yeah, and it's such an exciting process for us. Again, you know, I can speak from a point of view of some of the other shows that that we've created together, specifically in this case, Disenchanted in in New York, off-Broadway started in a very small sort of rehearsal room, and we just set up a 100 chairs and said, let's put the songs in front of an audience and let them tell us. The usual process is you wait for producers to come to you so that you can have a reading. And we looked at each other and said, why don't we just do it ourselves? ourselves. So we rented a rehearsal room and said, this is a reading. And before that, we had over 700 uh, actors auditioned for the show right and whenever we would rehearse at ripley greer at pearl studios and they would hear the music people would gather around outside the door and say what is this new musical we were like maybe we have something here and when we did when we held our own reading it sold out and it helped pay for the actors so we extended it so (laughs) we were like you have to pay five dollars to see our reading and so people (laughs) oh my god oh my god we set up our own reading, so even though we is, had no idea if this was going to work yeah. at all, you know. So we're we're go getters that way, yeah. and, and we love doing initial readings and staged readings. They're yeah. very exciting because the audience really does inform us where to go next. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. That's marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's a it's a great story too because. This is not your, um, to return to the book for a moment, this is not your standard children's book. This is a 72-page book full of color and great characters. And you have this wonderful opportunity for our villain, Rex, our bully, to to, uh, have his, um, oh gosh, what do you call it when you have your epiphany? And everybody uh, forgives you and loves you, and he gets to perform as well. And that's not spoilers, folks. I mean, it's a children's book. You've you've (laughs) got to experience it. So, but it's a really kind book, Fieli. It's it's kind in not only its story, and it's gentle in its characters, but it's just terrifically empathetic in the human condition. And when my granddaughter read it. She she teared up when Rex uh-huh. got to dance and sing and uh-huh. wasn't. She says that's so nice that yeah. even though he was mean, they let him be their friend, which yeah. shows that they were bigger 
than than he could have ever been because they accepted him. And it's just a gorgeous book in that aspect, folks. And I and I really want you listeners to go out there and go to redhawkpublications.com and get you a copy of this because it's just a marvelous book to sit with your grandchildren in your lap and read this thing and look at the pictures and explain, you know, what you're looking at. Just a marvelous interaction with your loved ones. That's wonderful. I I, I look forward to just, um, you know, seeing people's reactions because, you know, that's what it's all about is connecting with people and hopefully touching their hearts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we're going to wrap this up, but I did want to okay. just to let you both know, perhaps we, we will have you as guests down the road um, as we get closer to you guys coming to the Hickory area and, and doing your rehearsals and eventual readings, because this is an interesting story to kind of keep up with. Yeah, and we are going to do a special publication for that Art of Compassion visit that you guys do. I haven't figured out what it's going to be, but there will be a special publication of this book that will be just available for that uh, particular venue and that particular thing. So uh, stand by. Uh, (laughs) We're going to do do something special on that aspect, too. That's wonderful. Well, Dennis, Fieli, I want to thank you both for your time. And and many of the things that you said resonated not only with us, but I'm sure our listeners as well. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Blessings. Thank you. And again, just to wrap things up, this is episode 12 of Red Pub Pod. And I'd like to thank our co-host today, Robert Knipe, our industrious, illustrious engineer and boss, Richard Eller. Um, and thank everybody for coming out. Yeah, thank you and for for tuning into Red Pub Pod. And I hope we don't have to pay any royalties on that Rolling Stones song that started. <laughs> we had a cell phone go off in the studio, folks. So when you hear that earlier, that's I'm just hoping that Mick Jagger doesn't come just demand money or something. He's just a shot away. Don't worry. He's just a shot away. Um, but that said, it is important for us to ask you guys to do one final thing. Yeah, that's right. As we sign off, we always have our guests say the name of our show, Red Pub Pod. Fiala, you first. Red Pub Pod. Dennis? Red Pub Pod. Yeah. Yes. Excellent work, gentlemen. Excellent professionals. Work. They're professionals. Thank you, guys, and thank everyone for listening. Remember, RedHawkPublications.com. Got a sale going on. This is Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Podcast. Red Pub Pub. For Red Hawk Publications. Red Pub Pod. Yeah. Yes. Excellent work, gentlemen. Excellent. Professionals. They're professionals.